You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Camilla Stanthony podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing today? Howdy, what's up, Pete? How's it going? It is good. We are spicing it up yet again, this time recording on a Sunday, releasing on a Monday just to make sure I, I was feeling a little under the weather when we normally record Thursday nights to release Friday. Um, and then also, you know what? I, I just feel like, uh, I feel like this is the clearest, the clearest week structure. We come out on Mondays. You listen to us as you're, well, I guess some people maybe aren't heading into work anymore as you wake up, I guess on your uh, Monday mornings gets you the whole, the whole NBA breakdown for what's previous, what's coming you know, it just feels, it feels right. It feels natural now, Natty. Well, there's no football anymore, so you're available on Sundays. This and is true. And who doesn't want to start their Monday, their their week off with our voices? I I couldn't think of a better voice to start my Mondays off than yours, Natty. Your mellifluous, a word that I'm pretty sure I know what it means. <laughs> Certainly trying to, to trying to sneak it into like daily conversation. Sure. What a mellifluous day it is. <laughs> That's a mellifluous sweater. Someone's gonna someone's <laughs> gonna let us know that it actually means something really <laughs> offensive and and you're now just gonna have egg all over your face. You're gonna have a, a mellif you're not gonna have a maleficent look about you. It's maleficent mellifluence. How about Malef- that? there's a tongue twister all right well let's start with the biggest takeaways uh where we share one thing we loved and one thing we hated from the previous week natty why don't you start us off what did you love from this past week okay my love or one of my loves this week is malik mad monk going off he is a former fantasy boyfriend of mine a guy that i drafted as a rookie and always believed in but he's just had a disappointing career thus far, but he's still super young. Anyway, for a three-game stretch versus Utah Phoenix and Golden State, he was averaging over 20 points per game. On the season, he's at 12-plus points per game, two-plus boards, an assist, five-plus three-point attempts per game at 47% on those threes. He's fifth in field goal attempts on Charlotte, nine-and-a-half per game, and ninth in minutes per game on the year. He also has a 61.6 true shooting percentage. Love to see that. For context, Chris Middleton, who's having a 54 nearly 90 season shooting, has a 61.5 true shooting percentage. Dame Lillard is at 61% and CJ McCollum's at 62%. Monk's been shooting well. 
Uh, only three players have a 12 to one stat line with five plus three point attempts and 47% from three in the NBA this season, Paul George, Joe Harris, and Malik Monk over the last 30 days from January 28th to February 28th in eight games. He's now averaging 26 minutes per game, 15 plus points per game on 11 plus shots, which is fourth on the Hornets in that time. So he's getting more minutes. He's getting more shots. He's over six, three point attempts per game now with more boards. He's a top 125 player over the last month. That's better than Dylan Brooks, who's 40% rostered. DeAndre Jordan, who's 47% rostered. Tim Hardaway Jr., 59%. Duncan Robinson, 51%. P.J. Washington, one of my current fantasy boyfriends, 71% rostered. And Eric Bledsoe, 72% rostered. Monk's been better than all of those dudes over the past month. He's 17% rostered. Look at you sneaking in a little early waiver target talk. One seven. Y'all, I, I get it. Like coming off the bench, he's had a weird career so far. But if you just look at his ratios and what he's actually been doing over the past month, you got to pick him up. If you have a spot, yeah. you got to pick him up. Well, I mean, this is buckle up, people, because your Monday morning is about to start with a lot of Charlotte Hornets talk because my love for this week is – starting LaMelo ball, LaMelo ball and the Hornets starting lineup has been phenomenal. Uh, he's been he's played 12 games in February, 19.8 points, 40% from three, 6.3 rebounds, 6.3 assists, 1.8 steals. Like he is more than exceeding expectations for the third overall pick. And this Hornets team is just frisky young for the most part. And uh, they're, they're like a beautiful amalgamation of all of these kind of cast off pieces to a certain extent. I know the ringer wrote an article uh, calling them the Island of misfit toys, which I feel like is a very apt uh, description for this team. Like all of these people, sadly, most of these misfit toys came from uh, the Celtics, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll look past that. Uh, it's just, it's all meshing really well. This team is, is really exciting. There's a lot of pieces to like about it. And a lot of, a lot of guys on there putting up good fantasy numbers for you. Obviously we, we enjoy the fact that, you know, after suffering many injuries and, and snake bitten years in Boston, that Gordon Hayward is, is doing something, uh, he's playing like he did in Utah when he was an all-star. That's right. what he's doing. But my question to you, Natty, is obviously LaMelo and Luca are, are very different players and, and we're very different prospects. But now we've seen two players whose draft stock has been affected by playing overseas or, or taking an unorthodox path to the NBA. But both have made an immediate impact and like a pretty rapid rise to start. I mean, obviously, Luca's a top five player in the league right now, and and Lamelo Ball is lockdown rookie of the year, I I think, and has been playing wildly uh, uh, higher than expectations, particularly his shooting. The forty percent from three is crazy. I just like, do you think that this is? Are we going to start seeing more young NBA prospects taking more unorthodox? Uh, methods into the NBA playing overseas, not going to the, not going to college and also like maybe starting to break down the stigma of drafting a prospect who's been playing overseas or, you know, not someone who's coming from the NCAA system. There's only 450 jobs in the NBA at any given moment. You get in how you get in. There are lots of late bloomers around these parts right now as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the G League is not yet as serious a minor league 
as I think a bunch of people were hoping it would grow into. It's still valuable, yeah. and it's still like they have to stick with it for it to really start pumping out players. But the thing is, the NBA teams are willing to take flyers now just in case they hit on a Giannis or they hit on, you know, like an eight to 15 lottery pick guy. They're much more willing to take risks and draft picks are a little bit devalued now. I think like, look at all of the picks that Oklahoma city and all these other teams have been acquiring and the the teams are just letting them go. If they think they have a chance right now, bam, like Houston got rid of all their picks when they had Harden. And then as soon as they move off Harden, now they're trying to reacquire. So I think that as the NBA becomes more and more fierce, the avenues to get there are going to be more and more varied. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to start looking for talent wherever you can. Like a guy like Facundo Campazzo, who's on Denver, you know, he's 29 years old. He's been an international player. He hasn't really wowed this year, although he's been a little bit better over the past month. But he's a dude that the Nuggets were willing to spend a roster spot on. Mm-hmm. They could have had another NBA player if they had wanted to, but they're looking for value everywhere they possibly can. It's a little bit like baseball where international esteem is growing and you yeah. don't distrust it as much as you used to. The thing about Luca is that, you know, if if the NBA actually had a real good scouting system in Europe, then it probably wouldn't, he probably would have gone one, but sure. Because they don't really feel like they have to invest in that yet. It was left up to the teams to be like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know. I really like Marvin Bagley. And in retrospect, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You, I like <laughs> Marvin Bagley too. And I'm sure right. he's a really nice but you're guy. Not, you're not, you I have mean, to be I out mean, of your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It is very true. Uh, and, and I mean, the thing is too, is that like, I mean, not to toot our own horns, but it, it wasn't necessarily a hot take that Luka Doncic was going to be good, even For maybe sure. even this good. Like the guy was legit, but uh, back to, back to the Hornets. Like this team is, like I said, things seem to be clicking, putting bell, uh, putting ball into the starting spot. Huge. Like it has just, he a has slam thrived. ball. Thank you very much. Nice. Well done. He has thrived. The the team is just they're They're one of these teams that's so balanced offensively that there's no one to really key in on. Like even as well as Hayward has been playing, he's not like, so is Terry Rozier. So has LaMelo ball. So, you know, and you have Malik Monk thriving as well now recently. Um, yeah, it's awesome to your guy. Like I know you've been on the Malik Monk uh, bandwagon for a long time now, and so it's it it's is not great. a bandwagon. It's like a disintegrating <laughs> sled that is somehow still tied to the back of the carriage, and it's just me, <laughs> forlorn. But he but, looks. Great. But hey, you know what? That sled, you maybe it has a comfier seat now, and you're feeling pretty good about being on that sled. People are looking out back of the carriage, being like, you know, yeah, they're like, maybe oh, that's maybe, not as bumpy as it looks. It maybe is. that sled is. Pre- <laughs> it is. <laughs> let me let me make sure. Let me tap temper your expectations. The sled is bumpy, but uh, Natty has the fortitude to stick with it. But I think you're exactly right. It's meshing. This is a team like Lamelo's playmaking fits in seamlessly yes. with this oh, team. So nice. And Gordon out on the perimeter, you know, is a playmaker as well. And I hate Miles Bridges coming off the bench because I'm in love with him. But he slams, like, he just looks fucking fantastic. And it doesn't really look like 
there's any kind of drama going on on the team. James Borrego is a really, really good coach, turns out. And this is a team that's kind of just another player upgrade away from being pretty frisky. Yeah. I think um, they're definitely a big guard. The shooting is better than expected. Like, that's the real big surprise, I think. Everything else is sort of like, oh, this is the high end of what we thought were reasonable expectations. The shooting is way better than uh, than even Optimus thought, I think. Um, but they're, I mean, right now, they're 15 and 17, same as the Pacers, same as the Bulls. They're all tied for the eighth seed in the East. Like, this team... if. If you don't think that you need to start Miles Bridges, they could move to try to get something really special. I don't know if those are players like, I mean, Brad Beal seems to want to stay in D.C., but wouldn't you kind of want to play for Michael Jordan? Mm, That would be a saucy landing spot. But anyway, this team, they they mesh, just as you said. It's all clicking. They work well together. They're being well coached. Um, I mean, they're under 500, but they look better than a lot of people thought they would going into the season. Yeah, it's been let fun. me seem let me seamlessly transition this to a team uh, that has been meshing and is my hate for the week. Uh, eventually, we had to talk about it, and uh, the Boston Celtics going six and fifteen in the month of February, currently below 500. Is that bad? Not great. Don't love it. Mm. Not a fan. Uh, the last stretch, and I know they won against the Pacers, and and thank God for Kemba Walker for deciding to just like turn it on and and be the the ignition to the Celtics offense when Jason Tatum had like nine points and Jalen had fifteen. Like, Trade thank them both, God. blow it up, keep Kemba, <laughs> blow it up. They're useless. <laughs> Kemba's the only one who matters. Uh, but the the three games before that, the Pelicans, Mavericks, and Hawks stretch was brutal and soul crushing you had big lead against the pelicans which the celtics gave up and and lost close loss uh, against the mavericks thanks to luke and the pelis just had more players at that but right. like there's there there are real reasons why they lost that game i think the yeah. hawks loss is bad the hawks loss was terrible they got blown out by the hawks luca hitting just like two stupid three-pointers to right to finish that mavericks game was ridiculous and they're playing the uh, playing the Wizards tonight. Hopefully, they can get on a, a a win streak and kind of piece some wins together. But I can't say that I have thoroughly enjoyed watching this recent struggles and this recent run of games and just this season that had so many good expectations for it. And I'm sure things will like. There is a move to be made. Danji, Danny Ainge is being very coy about whether or not that move is happening at the end of the year or at the deadline. Who knows? Uh, but it is. It's not, I'm not worried. I'm not stressing. I, I I am just, it is not as enjoyable as maybe I anticipated, but you know what? I think, I think I can handle one more year of this. Then I start getting worried. Uh, if like for the fourth season in a row or the fifth season in a row, the Celtics, you know, are Eastern conference finals and lose, or even don't even make it that far. Like, then it's like, okay, we need to make some sort of big blockbuster move in order to get ourselves truly into that championship window when you have, you know, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown under contract when they're in their t- tiptoeing to their prime. If you guys 
and the Pacers had done that trade for Miles Turner. Mm, yeah, that would have been nice. And you had Turner right now, would've who just nice. looks great. But it would also be Hayward in Indiana. And so that trade that ends up with Karis LeVert ending up on the Pacers and Victor Oladipo in Houston and Harden in Brooklyn wouldn't have happened. True. And the entire league looks different. Like there's, it's all Danny Ainge's fault. James Harden, James Harden in uh, Brooklyn, Danny Ainge's fault. You heard it here. Celtics Twitter. I mean, that is a really (laughs) big fork in the road. The entire league would look different right now. Um, The Celtics, they don't have enough players. I mean, it's a really identifiable problem. You don't have enough players. When Kemba's good, he's good. When he's not, the team loses. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are still extremely young, and they can't fucking do it all by themselves. Marcus Smart is hurt, but he also shouldn't be the – like the loss or addition of him shouldn't determine the entire trajectory of your season. That's too much pressure on him too. Sure. So – what they need to do is try not to be too smart by half with every little fucking thing that they do. Like mm. they should have gotten a real center, even a shitty one, like Mason Plumley. Like that would have helped, you know, it's not sexy. I mean, they tried with Tristan fucking Thompson. Helped. They tried with Tristan. And don't, don't, don't throw any shade at my boy, time Lord, Rob Williams. We're going to talk about him later, but sure. But he's also not seven feet tall. He's right. six eight, six nine. Like you can play as big as you want. Joel Embiid yeah. doesn't give a fuck about that. Um, you know, there's Drummond out there, which I don't think moves the needle too yeah, much, especially in the playoffs. Like during the regular season, sure, fine, he'll help you win some games. Um, it's a real kind of intense next month for Boston because if the next month, if the three weeks after the All Star break go poorly then I could even see you guys selling and just being like, nope, fuck it. This is not worth it. Like, we're not even going to fight. And they'll just chalk it up to a weird year and bad COVID luck, which is, I think, a reason that a bunch of teams will actually decide to take. They'll be like, you know what, COVID, and they're going to grab the opportunity because spending more now to try to get into the playoffs with the the play-in games is – less valuable to them than trying to acquire more for next year and maybe a little bit more, uh, more cap space, but it is disappointing, but it's also totally predictable. Like people were talking, I mean, we talked about how they don't really have as much depth as they used to. They've just lost so many players of a high quality over the past two years that they got nothing for, I mean, you know, there's still a lot of season left. I absolutely believe in Brown and Tatum. If they get a little bit of good luck and they go on even a modest win streak, then I, I, you know, they're the sixth seed right now. If they win two games in a row and the other and the fourth and fifth go 500, then they'll be in the fourth, you know, like there's, there's definitely a reason to remain optimistic for Boston because of the talent they already have. Smart totally. will be coming back. Tatum yeah, is an be, MVP quality player. Brown looks like addition. the most improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, there's stuff that can happen, but um, this is one of those teams where, you know, you just sort of look at the roster and it makes total sense. You're like, oh, yeah, well, not enough people have been playing, and the ones that they do have, like, aren't really where you would want a 
real title contender team to be. Yeah. What'd you hate this week? Okay. What I hated a few things. I also, <laughs> um, sorry. Well, you know, the Boston, the Hawks came. Okay. The Hawks are three and seven in their last 10. They're now 14 and 19 and they're the 11th seed. So they're not even in the playoff game. They're five and 10 over their last month. Like this is what pissed me off so much about that Boston loss there. So the Hawks are 23 worst, 23rd worst defensive rating on the year. They're 27th over the last month. That's due to a bunch of injuries and COVID absences, but that still sucks. Uh, The Hawks are not going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're, I think Washington, who is seven and three, Danilo yeah, Gallinari somehow is going to be like a, a an elite 50% shooter from downtown. Anyways, continue. He, that's certainly my favorite stat line of the past week. Oh, my um, God, it was stupid. The Wizards are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They look better. They're 13-18 and 18 now. Um, the Hawks are 14-19. and 19. You know, like their, their team has had a bunch of bad luck, but they also fucking suck on D just as bad as everyone thought that they would. And it looks like most of the other teams in the East are better than they are. So mm. that's, that's one of my hates. I'm just like, the Hawks just stink. Maddie's <laughs> just got one love. He's like Malik Monk. I love. And then 15 other nar- NBA narratives are, are just pissing me off right now. Well, I mean, I kind of love the middle in the East, the Pacers, the Bulls sure. and the Hornets. They're all 15 and 17 tied for the AC. Like I said, like that's fun. That's I'm hoping that stays up. Like I have interest in all three of those teams. Totally. Um, they're all, they have fun players on each of them. Um, let's see. Oh, I hate that the Raptors might not play before the all-star break because of COVID. This, this is an actual fantasy might not play again before the all-star break because they couldn't get enough players for today. And that might not change for the rest of the week. So be extremely aware of your ads and the players you have on your team. The Raptors are dangerous this week. Um, yep. Oh, I'm hating this Kobe as the logo as the logo stuff. Ooh, like oh, okay. I like it. I like it. I think that's so overly sentimental and is. I mean, it's not spitting in the face of people, but like if if the logo we're going to change to anyone it should be to bill russell scoreboard um i could see it changing to mj or lebron but it's certainly not going to be changing to kobe kobe having the all-star mvp award named after him is perfect he always took it you know like that's his game he always took it seriously he loved playing up to talent he loved playing against the best of the best but changing him to the logo is discounting what better players than him have done he is not the best player in NBA history. He's not even top five. Like you can make a case that he's not top 10. I wouldn't make, I think he's right there, but there are so, so not so, so many more worthy of being <laughs> the face of the entire league. Bill Russell being preeminent above all of yep. them. Yeah. I actually kind of feel like just for image purposes, like the best new logo would be Kareem Skyhook. Ooh, um, that would be saucy. 
like Jordan making it would be you could do I think, Jordan's sensible. you could do Jordan's free throw free throw line dunk like that's a that's an iconic silhouette right but it's all but it's already out there you know it's almost yeah. like you're co-opting right. Nike the Jordan or Jordan brand. himself right if you were going to do Braun I do think that there are good reasons to do that just uh you know he's the now a lot of people don't know who Bill Russell is or what he meant um who and the problem with Braun though is that like what would be his actual logo right like what would because sort of his biggest row in the blocks and like uh yeah uh, oh but that's not a basketball play you know what i mean it's like it's a terrible it's a it would be a terrible logo it would look cool but it wouldn't have a basketball in it it would just be lebron so um i don't know i i do sort of feel like you can change the logo um there's no rule that says that you can't and it's sort of like changing you know the pictures on dollar bills like yeah let's update yep. things have changed and there are people worthy of that honor it should be bill russell it should absolutely fucking not be kobe that's not kobe hate it's just saying like you if you're going to look at the this is who represents the nba yeah. the top of the top it should be someone whose resume is better than kobe's even though the love and popularity for them might not be as high i wholeheartedly agree and that's not just coming from a celtics fan i am the the stethoscope is is on i am dr peter for non-celtics hot takes and um yeah that accent really stayed consistent over that thank one you. and a half thank seconds you. well you know <laughs> i am nothing if not consistent that is what i'm here for is consistency at its finest um, all right, well, let's go into uh, the Jan Vesely favorite stat line of the week, named in honor of Wizards great Jan Vesely, who back in 2013 posted the stat line of four points, two rebounds, and six fouls in eight minutes of play. I'll start us off. Uh, Jared Allen has gotten a yeah. lot more runtime for the Cleveland Cavaliers with them benching Andre Drummond looking he for a sure trade. sure has. Woo, against the Rockets, baby. 26 points, 18 rebounds, two assists, four blocks. And on the week, he's averaging 19.8 points, 14.8 rebounds, 3.0 blocks. Like, gorgeous. Terrific stat line from Jared Allen. He, We all knew that, like, he is a tremendous young center who was, I feel like, not lost in the in the Brooklyn trade, but certainly I feel like it was obviously James Harden's what everyone talked about. And then the Karis Levert kind of drama also kind of was like its own second kind of news story uh, that, that went down. So I feel like Jared Allen, just how good of a player Jared Allen could be has been kind of maybe lost by the casual NBA fan. And this week has certainly reminded you and shown you that this guy is is – a legit young center. The Afro is incredible. I absolutely love his play style. Um, and he can get up and down the court and it totally makes sense why the Cavaliers are, are looking to trade Andre Drummond now, because you have a younger center who uh, can put up basically the same numbers that drum can. So I live in Brooklyn and all the real Nets fans around here. When all that shit went down with the trade, we're like, Oh, awesome. Harden. Okay. Well now we're legit, but fuck. Jared, yeah. really? You had to? Why? DJ can't do this. What are you doing? Jared was beloved in Brooklyn. Like, super awesome dude. A bit of a math nerd. Like, I remember he 
uh, took this school class like to the supermarket and gave everybody a hundred dollars and was like, you know, try to use this as efficiently as you possibly can. He's a fucking stud. He can run the court. He's a fun player to watch. And the things that he does are better on the whole or lead to more winning, I think, than what Drum does. Like, Allen's a better defender. He's just a better basketball player, I think. What Drum does well, he does at an extremely doctor level, well level. Like, he can hoover rebounds, but he can also do it to the detriment of the team. So you'd have you'd rather have Jared Allen. He's younger, he's cheaper, and I think he's going to end up being better. Um, the Cavs really got something great with him. I loved that game. That was exactly what people who have been watching him for several years thought he could grow into. Like there's a world where the Brooklyn team is all healthy and it's Dinwiddie and it's Lavert and it's Jared Allen and it's just super super fun and kind of a team of forgottens. But Jared out like next year, the Cavs could be a team that's on the up. They they're, have disintegrated spicy this the, year. They I mean, started like they, that way, but I think right. they've lost ten in a row. I mean, they're absolutely. I mean, they took down the Rockets. Like garbage. They, oh, they just took down they the Sixers. Took Sorry, down the. Yeah, but that's. I, I mean, the Sixers can play down to talent sometimes. Of course they can. That's, I know. I can't. I feel now after like spending ten minutes talking about the Celtics, I feel. Uh, I feel a little neutered in my hot six sixer stakes. Anytime I try to take down the looks I'm like, fucking fantastic. Like yeah. they just look so good. Look good. Um, but yeah, Cleveland, Jared Allen is such a stud. I love him so much. He's great. What's your, uh, Sean um, Vesley stat line for the week. So I mentioned it earlier. Danilo yep. Cincinnati Scalinari, oh ten three pointers versus Boston on a Wednesday. He went 10 for 12 from the arc, by the way, 38 points, six boards, two dimes, two steals. He's 36% rostered. Gallinari is it's unclear what his role will be and his minutes and shots when the entire team Atlanta is healthy. Um, Like we said, they've been ravaged with injuries and with COVID, but while those guys are out, you should absolutely invest in Danilo. He has been a winning player for several years. If He's really going to get this space because of Trey and, you know, no one's defending on that team. Then you, he might not have another 10, three pointer night. <laughs> like I'm he not saying shoot. that he can shoot and he can score for you. And he's just a good all around player who, because of the teams he's played on and the players he's played with, he's always sort of been disregarded. Uh, but he's, he can be damn fucking good and look good while he's doing it like that's that you know the two dimes and two steals like that was nice to see too because he's on fire offensively and he's still trying to get you know the rest of the game going and he's not not just doing like trey does which is you know hunting for assists and not doing anything on defense so whatever uh ride danilo while you can who knows how long it'll last yep I hate that stat line, but I also, it's a clear and obvious pick going 10 for 12 from three. I mean, what are we doing? It's just like when dudes are that hot, it doesn't really matter which team they're on. You're just like, okay, cool. I'd like to see him sing some more. That's awesome. Yeah. You just, you just want to watch and, and yeah, you just want to watch that. Uh, All right. Well, let's let move on to next week. But before we do, let's take a quick ad break. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. Let's turn our attention to next week and talk favorite waiver wire ads and i will start it's a guy who we already mentioned earlier um pj washington he's rostered i think you said in like 70 percent of leagues natty so it's not someone who's likely available on your waivers but i do just want to say i feel i feel like in the hubbub of the of the charlotte hornets pj washington was like this this gem this lovable uh fantasy darling last year and he might maybe be over a little overlooked this year 11.6 points, 6.3 boards, two assists, 2.2 stocks. Like the boards, assists, and stocks, all better than last year. Uh, so yeah. his his counting stats are improving. The points took a little bit of a backseat, but not by not drastically. Uh, so I just definitely think that like he is someone who, if he's available on your waivers, like there's a reason why he's 70% rostered. You should be going to get him, uh, especially as this Hornets team kind of continues to keep keep jiving. Love him. Love Miles Bridges. They're on an upward trajectory, the both of them. Uh, yeah, I they're both boyfriends of mine. I can't recommend them highly enough. Miles Bridges slam dunking is one of the coolest things in the NBA. Right? The the alley-oop, the alley-oop duo of LaMelo Ball to Miles Bridges is has become much mm-hmm. m- must-watch highlight mm-hmm. reel basketball. It's awesome. Yeah, that team is fun, man. God really damn. Are. It's been so long. God yeah. damn, it's nice. Like Jordan has the had the documentary last year, Jesus, and now a you know fun good team on the up. Things kind of working for him, Jordan. Nice job, feel like MJ. Michael, feel like Michael Jordan could share a little bit of the uh, success, you know. Speaking, of- I, I really hope that they make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they would be so much fun with the play in the playoffs. Like that yeah, kind of that kind of sure. that kind of guard play, that kind of like uh, offensive facilitation is is kind of what the Celtics are missing. Oh nine Rondo on the Dude, Celtics team would be phenomenal. That's what I want. Sure. Who but says Lamb I mean, Ball versus Kemba is going to be a problem? Like yeah. that's well, go get the maybe fact they go that get, Lamelo. Maybe they go get Lonzo at the deadline. That would be pretty fun. That would be would, cool. And he's been doing great too. 40 he's been doing really well. Yeah. Like, his shooting yeah. has gotten so much better. So maybe the Pelicans wouldn't want to part with him now, but you know, you put the right package together. Why not? Yeah, for sure. You can't let someone like Lonzo be untouchable. That's insane. Yeah. He doesn't do enough for you. Uh, you've already given plenty of good waiver targets so far on the show, but do you have any other particular guys who you're, you're snagging off waivers? I have three more. Oh my God. Look at this man coming. So prepared. We're going into the all-star break and it's just, you know, it's important to try to get as much value out of this short week as you possibly can. I know a bunch of leagues uh, combine the two weeks, but 
for a lot of other leagues, they separate them or they allow you to change rosters uh, in between if it's weekly. Anyway, so I mentioned the Mad Monk earlier, 17% rostered. This guy, I'm going to make a ratio suggestion. I'm going with efficiency for this one because everyone needs to find value where they can. Tomas Sadoransky of the Chicago Bulls. Over the past month, he has ranked number 103 on the ESPN Basic Player Raider. He's 11% rostered in the year of our Lord 2021. Tomas Sadoransky has the third best true shooting percentage of all players who average 20 plus minutes per game. Third best in the NBA of dudes who actually get their minutes. Here's the list. Here's the top five. It's DJ DeAndre Jordan at 76.2, the best. Jive and Joe Ingles straight oh, down God. from the outback straight at number two. Like, that's a big fucking reason why Utah's been doing oh, so well. Yeah. Then it's Tomas Adaransky. Then Brooklyn Joe. Mm. And then, how about this for connection? Jared Allen. Jared fucking Allen. 70.5 true shooting percentage. That's the top five in 2021. Uh, I mean, Sadoransky isn't going to get you points. This is a pure ratio pl- play. You know, he's averaging eight plus points per game, three boards, four dimes, but he's shooting 60, 53, 95. So if you're streaming and you just sort of need a dude that isn't going to hurt you and can even actually help you with those tough ratios, he's a guy who can do that. Um. Let's see who else is out here. Sadiq Bay is still under 30% rostered. He's been a top 100 player over the past month. He's averaging 12, 4, 1, and 1 stock, shooting over six threes a game on 44% shooting. Everyone should pick him up. And then another bull, another baby, baby bull, uh, the 110th best player over the past month, Patrick Williams, who no one knows what he sounds like or what he looks like or who he is, but he was a high draft pick. He's 18% rostered. Uh, he's third in minutes on the Bulls, by the way. So he is they're running him out there. He's playing over 30 minutes a game. Uh, it's 10 plus points per game, five plus boards, a dime and a half, one and a half stocks, though. So busy hands that. on the defense. He's 19 years old. He's the God, youngest so player young. on the Bulls. Yeah, he's the youngest player on the Bulls, one of the youngest in the NBA, and he's playing over 30 minutes per game, which is something that not a lot of rookies are actually doing. Mm-hmm. So he's getting you volume. It's not sexy yet, but if you're in a dynasty, you should fucking pick him up. It's crazy when you think that he is still just like a year older than Jason Tatum. It's crazy. He's a, I mean, it's yeah. The, the amount of youth in the NBA versus the amount of elite oldsters is as there's just like no middle wide as it's I've as, seen it. in as so soon long. as you hit 26, you're 26 to like 35. Four years are just no, nope, no, nope, not important. You have to be either thirty, you know, thirty-three and up, or uh, twenty-five and younger. It's amazing. I mean, we've seen this in other sports where sort of the middle class, the blue-collar guys, kind of get edged out. Yeah, and so you're only focusing on elite, elite guys that are completely undervalued, and then young dudes. Um, but it is, I mean, the fact that there's all these under twenty-one-year-olds who are sort of highlighting how good the new NBA can look Ugh. and the fact that there is a pipeline and they and the new are NBA providing looks new talent. Good. Yeah, it sure does. 
Uh, I have one final waiver ad. It's it is my man, Time Lord Rob Williams. Uh, over do the last week, he, he's he's seen an increase in minutes, twenty minutes per game, eight point seven point eight rebounds, two point three blocks, two assists. Which I always like nice. that. I always like a guy because you know your your typical big is going to get you boards and 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 if he's a defensive minded guy, he's going to get you blocks. Now, obviously, you love guys who can get you double digit boards and and you know two plus blocks. But I always like adding that like two to three assists per game just gives them that extra fantasy boost. And Rob Williams, low-key, his passing ability is something that I think can be nurtured and develop into something where, I mean, he down the road might be a four, not this year, but like in his career, might be a four-ish assist guy uh, at the center position. So certainly someone to uh, to roster moving forward especially as the Celtics try to figure out what the hell they're doing in their uh, in their front court or back court front the court. new nba is about a democratization of the court traditional stats for traditional positions are falling away from the waist you know like russell westbrook is get is averaging more rebounds than traditional centers dimes are all over the place now because playmaking and movement is key um there's more possessions than ever people are getting more blocks and steals uh assists from bigs are becoming more commonplace and they are ultra valuable in fantasy which is why a guy like joker is all or a guy like cat who can shoot so those are always going to be top 10 players in fantasy because they can also give you stats out of position which is something that we used to say way more often than we do now when we probably won't say it going forward like a guy like bruce brown who was a guard in detroit was playing in the dunking position for the nets and doing a great job and scored over 20 points but it's a dude who's six five who's playing in the position where deandre jordan stands you know what i mean like there's there's a reason to think that not positionless basketball, but that the idea of positions in basketball will be very different in five years. It'll wait, maybe oh, totally. be a little bit more soccerish. Um, you'll have distributors, and those can be your centers. Those can be your bigs. Like it's all about the court vision, and you can play inside out when you have such good perimeter shooting. So I love Time Lord. Um, I wish he was three inches taller. <laughs> if he was seven feet, I, I feel like that's, I feel oh, yeah. like that's the thing. That's like the biggest barrier for Brad Stevens in terms of Rob uh, time Lord's minutes is just because I, I mean, when you watch a game with him on the court, the Celtics just looks, it just looks like a such better image. And so you're like, why, why is he only playing 20 minutes a game? And I feel like if, if time Lord was like even six, 10, six, 10, six, 11, uh, he would he would be starting but instead 20 minutes a game but still getting you you know almost two and a half blocks uh eight points seven and a half seven point he's also a baby like maybe the president just doesn't want to run him into the ground you know also possible uh all right it is time for studs and duds which both natty and i pick one player who we think will perform above average in fantasy this coming week and one who will underperform natty staying perfectly 500 four and four uh, if only he had made Cantor his stud last week because Enos Cantor balled out. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. yours truly, seven and one. I cannot nice. be stopped. Nice job. And so I am going to take my finger that is dipped in gasoline, set on fire, 
and I will touch, since this is a, uh, a Charlotte Hornets podcast, touch the nose of LaMelo Ball, who gets to play against the Trailblazers and the Timberwolves before the All-Star and break. ignite his whole head. <laughs> yes, his whole head is now nice. aflame. He will play with a fiery face as he uh, takes down uh, two teams who are giving up a buttload of DFS points. For sure. I mean, yeah, if you're... Oh, poor Minnesota, whatever. Poor Minnesota. God, I just want them to figure their shit out. Like, I don't know what that team needs to do to get things together, but they need to, uh, they need to figure their shit out. Some of their young players are fun. I mean, Anthony Edwards is a somewhat fun player to watch. Super fun player to watch. When it's working well, when it's not, you're like, even still, man, the guy is good for like one or two dunks a game where you're just like, Damn, I, I don't understand f- how I don't understand how your body works. And he's 19 or 20. Um fucking uh Vanderbilt, Jericho a Kogi. Like there's a bunch of dudes that I have liked from drafts that are on that team. Um and now they have a new coach. Uh I hated that hiring process. That could have been Ugh. one of my hates, by the way. That was yeah, um, that was awful serious black eye for that team in the NBA. No pun intended. Uh, I mean, that's just sort of disgusting, but it seems like the players or at least big cat wanted him there. So what, or at least signed off. Um, I am trying to do, trying to give y'all a little bit more value with my stud this week. I like it. Only choosing from teams that are playing at three games this week. So, A bunch of teams are just playing one or two. I'm only going with three to try to get as much stat counting in before the break as possible. You are a true man of the people. You know, I love everyone and I hate basketball. So I have, it's (laughs) walking a thin line, man. Gosh, it's incredible Uh, that you take the time. uh, You're welcome. Feel free to genuflect. (laughs) The teams that are playing three games this week. Uh, these are the teams that you should look at for additions to your squad while you are streaming because they will give you the most. They are the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Pacers, and the Nuggets. The Pellies play Utah, Chicago, and Miami. The Spurs play Brooklyn, the Knicks, and Oklahoma City. The Pacers play Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Denver. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about them. Don't worry. My dud is on that team. It might be the same dud uh, for me. The Nuggets play Chicago, Milwaukee, and the Pacers. And Portland plays Charlotte, Golden State, and Sacramento. Otherwise known as the shittiest defense you've ever fucking seen in your whole life. Um, (laughs) My stud is former Uber fantasy boyfriend, Robert Bob Covington. Mr. Rocco himself started off real ice cold this year, but in February, he's shooting 37, 37% from deep, excuse me. Uh, he, he's never been a dude for points, but he's averaging you eight points per game, seven boards, one and a half assists, 1.5 steals, and 1.6 blocks per game. Love those numbers. That's per game. One and a half, 1.6, every single fucking game. That's nice. I think he's out of his slump. He did have zero points the other night against the Nuggets, but who cares? Um, that, but, the, but this is my favorite thing about guys who give you stocks is that that defensive stack, like those numbers, yeah. 
are good enough that they can still give you a viable fantasy performance. You know, like if he, if he doesn't put up a huge point total or scoring total, but still gets you like five boards and two steals in a block, that's still a good fantasy. You know, that's, that's not going to sink you. Whereas if someone is just like, you're relying on the, like Danilo Gallinari, if he goes cold and gets you five points, he's not necessarily going to get you a whole bunch of defense. Right to get to, to compensate for that anyways. Yeah. Rocco is a, like him two or three years ago is the guy that everyone's looking for this year, which is like, totally. Oh, points don't matter as much because everyone's scoring over 20 points per game. Now, like that's the other thing, since most teams aren't playing defense as hard as they usually do, or can't plan as properly for games as they used to be able to everyone's scoring way more. And so you're looking for guys that can help you with counting stats in the other categories like steals, like blocks, which is why stocks and the stonk report, the weekly stonk report coming Mm. out on fake teams from Mr. Pete, Dr. Pete, every week. Uh, Like Rocco is sort of the prototype. He's the undervalued dude that is undervalued because of the low point total, but everything else looks great. I think he's out of his slump. Like I said, anyone going up against Sacramento, you should up their stats by a little bit. Um, and he plays three games this week. So he's my stud. I think he's going to have a good voluminous week. Ooh, well said. Well said. Uh, yes, am I dud for the week? You said it. The Pacers are playing three games. It's against the Sixers, against the Cavs, and against the Nuggets. DeMontis Sabonis, congratulations on making Ooh. the NBA All-Star but you're going up against Joel Embiid, Jared Allen, and uh, Jokic, the honeypot. That's why I chose Miles Turner as my dud. They're both oh, going to fucking have they're both like, that front court, especially because uh, Malcolm Brogdon is injured right now, and yep. who knows how much time. Like Maybe the Pacers just sit him for the until the All-Star break, which also means that T.J. McConnell will get more starting minutes, and T.J. McConnell might be needs available. to be rostered in every goddamn league. Had a double double yesterday. Yeah, I, for sure. Every time I write any kind of waiver <laughs> article, I just feel like I need to be writing about TJ McConnell because the man gets you assists, gets you points, and somehow is still getting you like two steals a game. Right. Busy hands for sure. Also, every TJ on the Pacers should be owned 10% more <laughs> than other TJs. Non Indiana exactly. I mean, TJs, it's fine. But when you're in, but if you're Pacers in Indiana, uniform and, you're, and, and your name, name is, is TJ. TJ you are 100% rostered. For, you have to be. You have it's to be. It's just the laws of nature. We have enough evidence at this point. You're right. There's. <laughs> <laughs> it's a natural law. We've seen enough. It's written in stone. Exactly. Um, it is anytime you're going up against Embiid, it's rough. And now we're seeing that going up against Jared Allen when he has a full head of steam behind him and can play as many minutes as he wants to, that's also a tough assignment going up against Joker is tough in a different way. Like his defense is however he's sort of feeling that day, but that doesn't mean you're going to win. You have to right. fuck it. Like he you gotta work. will tire you, you out on the both. offense. If exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that front court has I, also the Pacers are three and seven over their last 10. You know, they don't look great. Uh, they're down several players. We're not really talking. They looked so competent and solid at the beginning of the season that I think we're not really talking about them anymore. I mean, you know, Sabonis and Turner 
Turner is a defensive player of the year candidate. Sabonis was looking fire in the first month, just absolute inferno. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I, I mean, they, they look like they're limping into the all-star break. Totally. I could not agree with that more. Natty, before we go, what is one thing you are looking forward to this coming week? I am looking forward. I can't fucking believe I'm going to say this. I'm looking forward to watching more Dennis Smith Jr. on the Detroit Pistons. cheeky bastard. I'm really sorry about this to everybody. Um, He had a dunk, a windmill dunk the other night from a dude who's 6'1". Love it. Like, he's looked better in Detroit. He kind of seems like a guy, like one of Dwayne Casey's guys. Like, he sort of likes guards like this with chips on their shoulder who are trying to prove things. The Pistons are are down to DSJ, who was a cast-off, and Saban Lee, who is a second-round pick uh, and is a baby. And, you know, the Pistons, I, I'm, I just want to see the young dudes do well. It's really sad. I mean, speaking of Drummond, like Blake Griffin still hasn't played in forever and oh, like yeah. not for a very long time. Um, so I'm looking forward to more undersized Pistons guards play. <laughs> Good for you, man. Way to find That's hope. All I have pre All Star game. <laughs> I mean, what what am I supposed? To, what's what's a Pistons fan to do? Like we've talked to hell and back about Jeremy Grant. I'm not going to talk your ear off about Mason Plumley. Uh, yeah. Sadiq Bay, love him forever. Turn into actual full rebuilding. You have to concentrate on the small things and appreciate the little victories as they occur. 100% agree. Uh, I'm looking forward to the dunk contest. Are you? Break is- I am. You know, okay. I like, I am always intrigued by the dunk contest. I know that it's become kind of, I don't know, tropey maybe is the right word or just underwhelming in recent years. But I think that, uh, I think, I don't know. I guess I am just, I don't really have much to look forward to in this all-star weekend. <laughs> or this all-star week yeah right, uh, right. i don't so, know why i'm talking i just said i'm looking forward to some dennis smith jr play <laughs> <laughs> so i figure you know what? obviously like, the dunk contest is better than that let's see what happens and and i like this kind of trend to like get young guys to do it who yeah. i feel like i feel like that just it helps you know you're young this is how you can kind of make a household name for yourself because you're a national television bust something out new i know uh obi toppin is doing it for the knicks um so i don't know i just i'm always i'm always interested to see what kind of creative things people at their athletic prime can do and uh you know hey when i'm sitting at home with no basketball on i'll watch it right it's a showcase for the youngins we've seen incredible dunk contests before it's been a couple of years but uh i mean dunking is supremely fucking cool (laughs) And this year might even end up being more creative than usual because of the pandemic. And because, you know, what the hell else do you have to do except think about awesome dunks all day? So maybe this will be a supremely radical dunk contest. I think you're right. I, yeah, you talked me into it. I'm looking forward to it as well. Good. I'm glad that I was able to talk you off the Dennis Smith Jr. train. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, a real tall task. I, I was literally it. like, oh, I haven't seen a dunk like that from Pissed in a while. That's nice to see. And That's meanwhile, fun. Blake Griffin's on my team. Oh, poor Blake. What a fall. Speaking of uh, awesome dunk contests. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, the best one though is Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine battle. That was. Wait, is Levine know. in it this year? I don't think so, but just the I Aaron Gordon so Zach either, battle was... from like a couple of years ago. So good. Levine, I mean, He's... both those guys are so much better than their, than their teams have yes. manufactured for them. They should both be on different teams. Agreed. All right. Well, that's all we got for you this week. Make sure you subscribe to the Fate Teams podcast wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football shows. Follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. We love to engage and interact with you guys. Natty, until next week, stay safe, my friend. Nat and the Color Brothers, shout out to y'all. Love talking to you this past week. Um, Everyone stay safe and get a vaccination if you possibly can. <laughs>